you know, boys, I have to say, I was uh, I was like a minute into that video, the bump one, and I was watching it. And I was thinking, oh, fuck, we're 25 minutes late. I probably shouldn't have hit the bump again. <laughs> <laughs> we really don't need to do this. But nonetheless, slightly later than intended, we are here. Fleet Week is back. We are a man down. We are a um, webcamless man down. Uh, which that sound, that was even harder to say than I thought it would be, frankly. Mm. But nonetheless, Fleet Week rocking and rolling again. Expert panel as always. Um, two of the four horsemen here alongside me. Young Dukes, how are you today? I'm good. How are you? Very good. I'm glad you asked. It's not like we had a 20 minute pre show conversation about um, what did we talk about again? Wrestling? I don't know. Well, nonetheless, Dukes is good. I'm good. Chris, how are you? Feeling pretty good. If there was ever an episode for Tope to miss, it was this one because of the intense, heated debate over the vibrator this week. Oh, I've heard some things. Yeah, I I've told him. Folks, I'm going to make this clear now because I know a lot of people watch this with their families. <laughs> if you or your kid is a big Tope Suicida fan, this ain't the show for you. It's going to get heated. It's going to get spiteful. It's going to get nasty. These, this is part of being a team, right, guys? I, told, I warned you this when you when you started. I said, listen, there will be friction. There will be fights. You have to come through it together. Tonight, we're going to try and figure that out. Vibrator, as you guys know, will be coming up later. So, nonetheless, um, it was a big week in AEW. Traditionally, winter is coming is a big week. I know it sounds dumb to say that with only two in the books, but fuck, man, they were pretty big shows, right? Mm-hmm. Sting, by the way, I don't know if you guys, like, I saw that this week because it was brought up. It was comparing, the, uh, you know, this week's rating to, to last year's. And someone mentioned Sting. That Sting episode did a crazy rate with Omega and Mox. Mm-hmm. I mean, I assume part of that was everyone was indoors, right? The pandemic was at its height and such. Right. But um, it, it's, it's, it's weird how, like, this feels like a big part of their calendar after only a couple of years. Um, with that in mind, Dukes, what's your favorite of the winter is coming moments so far? Uh, probably Hangman Danielson one, just because it was like, I, I had like a little bit of an idea that they were going to go long. I didn't know it was going to be a, you know, a broad, they were going to go Broadway, but uh, it was kind of like surreal to watch it happen and like figure it out as it was happening. It's like, oh, fuck, they're going all the way. Was that the first time? Because I know you're slightly younger than the rest of us. Um, well, me anyway. <laughs> was that the first time you'd seen one of those in, in real time? The old 60 minute Broadway gimmick? Yes. Yeah. There you go. That's pretty fucking cool. Chris, do you have the same answer or is it perhaps? Um, um, no, it's different. Know. I think it's the. Um... That's when they did the the Kenny Mox angle after the match, right? With the yes, with Callus. Yeah, it's it's gonna be that one. I remember after that happened, just like from where we where we went after that was really interesting. So probably that. Well, I remember vividly, you know, piling into a stream yard much like this and going live on the Fightful YouTube channel. You know, and the uh, the super chats were piling up, and everyone said, "What does this mean?" And I said, "Well, you know, CZW versus Ring of Honor, baby. It's time for an invasion angle." You know. Week or two went by, so I think I may have misread this one, folks. So this may have not been quite what I had envisioned. Probably the best in hindsight, but we we got a bit carried away at the time, didn't we? It was a different time yeah. in Fleetland. Um, I love this. Pops me huge because the Sting moment is a magical moment. Um, I love like personal touches like this on stories such as that. Fucking rules, good <laughs> shit. Um, that was a great one, and like yeah, obviously the you know there, there's only those handful, but like. It's weird. It feels like saying that we all kind of register our brand as that's a big moment in the, in the year, partly because the first one had a title change, the second one had a Broadway. Like, it's a big deal, right? So mm-hmm. it was a cool deal for um, Ricky and MJF to get the main event here. But going in, there was definitely this, this kind of perception that, like, this is a good lineup. 
but it looks a little lacking. Now that we've seen the show, I think we all know why that was, because the headline from the show wasn't Ricky Starks, unfortunately, as great as Ricky was. It wasn't the Elite match, as good as that was. It was the new, the newest sign, I should say, um, Action Andretti is all elite, folks. He defeated Chris Jericho in one of the more magical AEW moments, I think, ever. I don't think that's like being dramatic or ever saying This yeah, was an yeah. insane moment. Now, we have a lot to talk about in terms of um, everything involving this short-term, long-term, you know, everything in between. But first, Chris, what did you make of one of the more unique matches in Dynamite history of Jericho and Andretti? Yeah, so uh, it, it, was, it was awesome to see, like... Um the 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 twitter and like discord reaction to and it was happening i I couldn't watch the show live so Mm -hmm. when i saw like the notifications i texted uh i sat in a group chat with dukes and tofe i was like what what are they talking about what's happening because it seemed like a big deal and in in retrospect i shouldn't have done that because seeing it you know as it happened probably would have been even cooler but it was it was honestly it was just as special watching it on, on replay just because of the the crowd reaction and and you know just, just the whole, not for lack of a better word, like the whole vibe of the match was, was, was just incredible. Obviously, like the finish, I think that that's, for me, that's a top, easily top ten moment in the company. Um, mm-hmm. Just as a moment itself, like the way the crowd was like, "Who is this guy?" at the beginning, and they were kind of on Jericho's side, and then just completely reversed it towards the end. It, it was awesome. It was a great moment. This crowd was something else. I, I think, you know, without without kind of undercutting the performances, that did feel like the real, the thing that really made this special beyond anything else, right? Dukes, what did you make of the uh, of the match here? Yeah, it was, ma- magical is the right word. I, uh, my dad, Chris Jericho's number one hater, was, um, he was, oh my God, he was riding high during this match. He was feeling it. He said, he turned to me and he goes, you should win, you know. <laughs> he, goes, he goes what if you beat him and i was like i don't know maybe and he fucking one two three he goes oh my god he put his fucking hands up oh man Bro. so i watched with my dad on thursday it's after i've already seen it and uh he was so hot about this match even happening he was like why does jericho need to tune up <laughs> I, was so, I was popping so much knowing where it's going you know but um yeah, man, like there's, you know, one of the great things about wrestling TV is that you can do something very, very um, special to that particular format where it's like events are great and stuff, but with TV, you can like build in these kind of quirks of your, the way you do stuff, right? So when we see the graphic of, you know, insert name in action, we don't really raise our eyebrows to that even with someone like Jericho because it's like, they do that all the time. We yeah. see that all the time. Sometimes it's Aaron Solo or sometimes a guy we've never heard of, whoever. Like, so... You kind of build in this this idea that I know what's going to happen here. It's kind of weird Jericho's going to squash match, but I get it. You know, he's going to do this, that, and the next thing. You do a pre-match promo where he looks towards Claudio in a rematch and Ricky Starks. He dismisses the guy as a jobber. You don't think anything of it because he just set up two feuds or mm-hmm. to continue feuding and set up a new one. And it's like this whole thing was just fucking perfection in that way. Like, they, it's like you never once believed it until you saw the free... Even when he was selling for him, you thought he's just giving him a showcase. He's just giving him a spotlight, but he'll win. And it'll be like yeah. kind of senior angle-esque in that way, you know? Um, yeah. Did Cena beat the... Angle? Wait, did Cena beat Angle? Did Angle beat Cena? What was happening there? Does anyone remember? This is just maybe Whatever the fuck. But anyway, go ahead, Chris. <laughs> it was funny because like halfway through, they started doing the the, the roll-up tease 
Yeah. Um, and that's when you kind of started the thought kind of starts creeping in a little yeah. more. But yeah, it's... no, and the fact the fact that he won, like he he won, he won one. Yes. It wasn't a he didn't steal it. Mm-hmm. He didn't none of like he won clean. Mm-hmm. Special. Absolutely. Like I think the roll up would have been effective, but the fact that he just like hit his fucking <laughs> he hit like a, the right. flippy move and just pinned him clean and Jericho got a you're right, man. That added something to it. Also, it was just it felt like you were watching a first in dynamite history and you had to be because honestly, if you do this stuff more than once every couple of years, it burns it right. Like right. it just, but these are the kind of things that I think make wrestling TV great. So obviously we all agree for a segment. Okay. It appears that I was correct in my comp. Yeah. So I was thinking it was going to be more like this where the veteran wins, but it's kind of like, well, this guy just made it, you know, made himself a name. He went a step further here. Um, we all like the match. We all like the segment, so on and so forth. I do want to talk about kind of some bigger piece to play here. Firstly, the newest signee for AEW. Um, we saw him against QT Marshall a couple months back, right, on Dark, which I know the confirmed shoot got very fired up about. Um, a big topic in AEW is the follow-up, right? The follow-up. Can they, can they follow up on a guy's momentum now? Before I go any further, he's had one match on TV. Like, this is going to be a challenge even if you were great at it. It's hard. This is a unique kind of push. Um, Dukes, in an ideal world, for you personally, how would you map this out in kind of broad strokes? What does this look like, this next few months for Action Andre? I feel like he definitely needs to keep wrestling. I don't know exactly what to do with him, but I feel like at least like just be on like Rampage, just have mm-hmm. matches, win or lose. Like You just kind of book him 50-50. Yeah. Just have him you know, go out there, people he can have like fun matches with. Mm-hmm. Because he's not... With his style, he's not someone you would give a super push to, right? Mm-hmm. So I get why you're saying maybe 50. Because in some ways, you want to kind of let him now get himself over as a worker because he seems capable of that, right? But you still need to keep him out there. Chris, what's your read on that? The kind of usage of, of all action moving forward? Yeah, definitely the same, um, the same, you know, rise that you guys are talking about. Like, I, I didn't, um, the last time they kind of did something like this was Sean Dean, yeah. right? And it served like one purpose and it wasn't for him. It was for that story. I think it's way more effective when you do this for, yeah, it's going to affect Jericho for sure. And we saw that when he got all angry and started throwing everything, but let this be something that gives, you know, action, whatever we're calling him, like more (laughs) some momentum, you know, I think something that would be cool would be like, put him with top flight or something like put him with, with some other guys because they're on the come up. Right. So just, you know, stick them there too, as a faction or something, something to keep him on TV, um, even if it's like that where they're working trios or you know mm-hmm. they're just a, a faction, whatever, something like that. Keep them on TV, have them win matches, you know, just just do something with it. For sure, it's an interesting one, right? I think there's no obvious answer because it's with a roster this big, it's hard. Like we've seen that a million times, and, I, and that's that is what it is. There's strengths that there's weaknesses to that. I don't know who the guy is, and I don't know if you guys have got an option, but like it would be cool if there was like a a babyface veteran that he could like naturally go under the wing of, but it's very hard because Jericho has been fighting the combat club for so long. You don't want to add him to that. He doesn't fit that. Right. So it's like, I don't know who the guy is. Um, This one I like, and I'm kind of, this is the worst one problem to this. Franco says, I'd have Jericho send one JS member to lose him every week. He can certainly be the 2.0 guys and Hager. He can get Hager in a roll up. Like that's fine. The concern would be if you keep him attached to the JAS, you eventually go back to him and Jericho. And I just think there's no real reason to read. Like to me, you leave that for a little bit, you know, like you don't have Jericho beaten back immediately. Cause it's just, you're undercutting what you just did, man. Let it breathe for a second. But I like the idea. Nonetheless, um, 
him and Seidel. Like maybe Seidel. It's a shame Seidel is not more uh, dynamic as a personality because he could be the veteran, really, right? In an yeah. ideal way, that's part of his character. Um, it's interesting. I don't know. I, I mean, again, I'm intrigued to see what they do because I don't think there's necessarily a right answer. But Dukes, do you have any uh, any idea for this this veteran role? Anyone come no, to mind? I'm thinking. I'm looking at the roster right now. Mm-hmm. The natural Dustin Rhodes. I died. That's the first person that I actually thought of, but it makes no sense. Well, hold on. We can talk ourselves into this. <laughs> I mean, Dustin, Dustin walking right? up to him and saying to him, like, you're, you're a natural out there, kid, you know? <laughs> Fist pump, and away we go. I don't know, man. I mean, Grant Lee's about two foot taller than him, but what are you going to yeah, right. do? He's taller AR Fox. AR Fox, man, he brings up. Um, ideally, it would be someone more established on TV, but AR Fox could be, could be fun. I actually was looking at for the other day. The other day, I was looking at um, Ortiz. You know, moving forward, what he does. I think that could be a fun team. By the way, AR Fox and Ortiz. That one oh, came to mind for me. I think that would be a nice fit. But we'll um, we'll see what happens next. We'll be covering that obviously in the coming weeks. This now kind of switch focus to Jericho. We assume this was his last match of 2022. Right, that feels like a mm-hmm. relatively safe bet. Um, it appears from kind of just a broad look at things this may have been his best in-ring year ever which sounds nuts but if you like actually look at just pure match catalog now again the character stuff is more polarizing and i don't think it's his best year on that front but in ring he's had a hell of a year chris i was intrigued what's your personal kind of standout match in ring for uh for jericho in 2022 for me and i there's a bunch that come to mind um the fatal four-way was great Mm-hmm. Up until obviously you know the last Judas effect, but you can't win them all. Um, uh, I love personally the one that sticks out to me always is the Ishii match. Um, there was just a, something different about that one. Uh, it was so hard hitting. It was it was such an interesting matchup to me mm-hmm. at least, and I just love the way that they played out in the ring. So I, I would say that I think it's definitely a testament to Jericho and my dad, who is also a massive Jericho hater. The <laughs> other day went to me and was like, "Man, you know Jericho probably has a." rest of the year case and i was like let's not go that far that's that's dax harwood baby i was like we don't we don't not in this house not in this house <laughs> but uh yeah no he gave him his flowers i was like damn good for you bro but yeah no it's it's he's he's had a great year um bandito obviously is another great one mm-hmm. yeah just absolutely great hell, hell of a run dukes what match stands out for you personally mate i would either go uh the first king match at revolution yep or the Moxley match on TV. The one where Mox sat in the walls of Jericho for the entire commercial break. Yeah. When they, they did the uh, buckle spot and he just like shoot busted open at the end. Yeah. That match was incredible. Yeah. Um, yeah, man, there's a lot of hits. You know, and again, if you look kind of just beyond singles, Anarchy in the arena, he's incredible. And him and Moxley pair up for the first kind of third of that. And he obviously memorably turns the music off and all of that shit. And it's it's got Jericho's fingerprints all over it. Um He's had a hell of a year. It will be very, very interesting what the conversation on Jericho is a year from now, mm. you know, because I don't think it's impossible that we sit here and are like, oh, fuck, what, what do they do with Jericho? You know, it's, it's the way it works, man. This, if things change quickly, if we'd have done this podcast a year ago, I asked you guys what you expected from Chris Jericho in 2022, none of us would have said, you know, seven four-star matches or whatever he turned out. So the, the, the thing is with guys like him is you never want to doubt them because they can pull off shit like this. But um, it will certainly be a fun one to follow. Let's kind of talk short term for Jericho. Um, this Ricky Starks feud, 
is that immediately up next, Dukes, or are we going to uh, are we going to instead kind of look towards some some more action and dirty business first? What do you think? Uh, I think they actually move action and dirty away, and I think he just kind of exists as a guy in the roster for a little bit. Mm-hmm. They go into the Ricky thing because Ricky has a promo on Wednesday, I think, and uh, um, I feel like that's Judas will probably hit something like that. Uh, this is like this could be really, really good, but it also is probably going to go into all out. So, <laughs> yeah, true. Um, he's so Jericho said he couldn't flavor the month for that. What did he? Is that what he said about Ricky? Said, yeah. Um, there's a very good chance that like Ricky just has like an off kind of line about him, right? Like you know, you said about me, and next thing you were getting pinned by H. Andre. So. Then Judas hits, and away we go, and it will be an adventure. Chris, how confident are you? How concerned are you? How nervous, how excited are you for a Ricky Starks-Chris Jericho feud? Where do you stand on that heading into 2023? Right, so on, on the one hand, me trying to be optimistic, I'm, I am I think that this is a, a good next step for Ricky in the sense that, okay, he lost against Max, but he's in another high-profile you know, mm-hmm. high profile feud, high-profile match. On the other hand, I think what Duke said about like what are the odds that this rides through like half the year and Ricky mm-hmm. ends up in like a forming a stable and we get like JS blood and guts <laughs> versus <laughs> Ricky's whatever. Um yeah. I, I think okay, short term, I think this is good. Uh I, yeah, I think my, my, my final thought on it is that it's good because you give Ricky something important because a feud with Jericho, nobody can dispute like that's something important. For sure. On the show, uh, he's featured constantly. Mm-hmm. So I, th- I think that's a good next step for Ricky. There's an interesting kind of avenue to explore here that is also very alarming because I one of the more natural ways to tell this story is that Jericho sees some of himself in a Ricky Starks and sees his entertainment side playing into our friend Manny's um, fed merchant filth that he often spews. Um that is both intriguing but also very alarming because if that becomes what this feud is about, we we could very very quickly lose <laughs> lose lose our way here. So I am I'm quietly confident because as much as the Eddie Kingston feud died a death in the end, there was a lot of good in that feud too, right? I mean, from the start, pretty much to blood and guts, I think they did a hell of a job. It just fell apart at the end there with the the barbed wire match. So I will for now. Um, for now, be quietly confident regarding Jericho and Starks. This stick with Ricky Starks has moved to the main event of Dynamite, the world's title match with Maxwell Jacob Friedman. Um, I really love the match. I mean, you guys would have had the chance to watch the, you know, kind of watch it live on Dynamite. So I, I rewatched the next day because I was wondering if I was high on it, you know, because I saw some people being really down on it. I, I thought they killed it, man. I mean, it wasn't smooth. That isn't really like a priority of mine with wrestling. Like I just thought it had the, it had that world title feel to me it had some drama mm-hmm. to it um chris what did you make of the dynamite main event um i really enjoyed it i i i i, I was scared like towards the beginning because i it wasn't really clicking with me um because yeah it wasn't it wasn't that smooth uh mm-hmm. and what as it kept you know the, as the match kept developing as it kept going I, it kind of got to the territory of like okay well it's not it's a fight. Like it's not supposed yeah. to be smooth. These guys don't like each other. Mm-hmm. So when when you see Max kind of struggling to lift Ricky, 
Ricky st- struggling to lift Max. It's like, yeah, that's kind of what these guys would be doing. Like, I, you know, it's yeah. it doesn't it doesn't look the greatest aesthetically, like to what we're we're used to sometimes with a guy like you know Brian or you know, who, whoever it is. That's just everything's technically sound. But mm-hmm. I, I guess part of it is like, yeah, these guys are young. You know, this is their first match that were you know televised at least, yeah. and you know they didn't have like twenty house show matches to 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 figure it out. I guess, but I guess that's part of also the charm of a match like this which is they hate each other. Uh, last week was a heated argument between the two, uh, and they're not going to give each other an inch of anything, right? Mm-hmm. Like like you could tell throughout the match that each guy had to work for every single, you know, ounce of whether it was lifting him up, whether it was a, a takedown, whatever it was. Uh, it, it was it was a heated battle, and it felt like uh, just two, two stars going at it. It felt like a big-time matchup. I've also, too... Um... The other thing with these guys is they are incredibly mature as, as in-ring guys, right? Both of them sell an awful lot, and they focus on those kind of details. And I think that helps when when she isn't looking particularly smooth. The fact that you've sold at the level they have, um, I think allows people to get in nonetheless. Dukes, what did you make of the Winter is Coming headliner? Yeah, I really liked it too. I think you guys kind of hit everything. It had that, that big fight feel to it almost. Mm-hmm. Uh, it being in Texas obviously helps because yeah. – you know, that's where Ricky's from and everything. Uh, I really love the um that one rope break spot where he had him in the arm bar and then he grabbed his yep. other arm and then his leg. That was good stuff. That's when it really kind of uh, kicked into gear for me and I was really feeling mm-hmm. it. Yeah, that. Um, I will say one thing to look for with MJF that I think is happening right now, just based on his last couple. I think he's still adjusting to like he's increasing muscle mass. Um, when I see him hitting the ropes and stuff, to me, he's like, his brain is like ahead of where his body's at sometimes, you know, like, cause he's, he's used to being a step quicker. So he's probably going to transition somewhat stylistically. I mean, obviously we've seen him before, like the Derby sequence, the most famous, but he's actually done it a few times. He did it with Jungle Boy, I remember, where he does like the quick kind of chain wrestling sequence, right? Where it almost looks like the guys are dancing there, which I have no issue with, but that's what it looks like sometimes, right? Um, he doesn't appear as natural in that environment based on the last couple of matches I've seen. That doesn't mean he can't do it. It's just, he's going to adjust. I assume um, he's still having, you know, really strong matches. I'm a believer in Max as, a, as an in-ring guy for sure. So um, no concern about him there. We'll see how the promos develop with this Brian situation. Brian closed dynamite uh, and run Max off, which was a cool deal. Where's the excitement level at boys? Out of 10 Dukes, Brian Danielson, MJF, where you at? 10. 10. Yeah. My God, Chris, you there with him? Yeah, easy. Well, hold on. This is very exciting. Now, has something, has something happened? Is there, is there a particular reason, or is it just the fact that the American Dragon Brian Danielson is doing a wrestling match? Is that it's that one? It's that. Yeah, yeah. he's going to be like one. full fiery babyface during it too, trying to get revenge oh. for the old man. It's going to rule. Do we think revolution for this, or do we think this is going to be New Year's Smash? What do we reckon, boys? Because this is, I mean, we we moving pretty quick here. I mean, he came back already. You know, like, yeah, <laughs> we're moving. What do we think? Um, I think regardless, it's more than one match. Me too. Um, hmm. I, I do think, yeah, maybe New Year's Smash and you run like kind of what they did with Hangman where it's a few matches in, in a short span of time maybe, but we'll see. Certainly would be interesting if the guy who very much would like to evoke some Ric Flair with this title run goes 60 minutes with Brian Danielson. That'd be interesting, right? It'd be very, very... It'll be divisive. I know why. I get it. 
It would be interesting, man. I mean, it would be. Um, In Seattle? Yeah. yeah. Well, you could even do the old... Um, there's a Regal on Anderson match. This would work too because of the Regal bit. But Where they go to like 29 and then the fucking Hill cheats to win at like 29.57 or whatever. And it's like, if you did that over 60 in Seattle... That's incredible. That would like rule. if he, like he cheated in like a really blatant way, and it was like the last second of an hour match. I don't know. I I totally get why there's people probably listening. It's, to this. it's like please don't do that. But it no, me. I can't. But especially <laughs> especially because we got the draw in the in the hangman match. Like once they get to that point, people are gonna be like, oh, it's gonna be a draw, and then yeah. you just hit him with that. That's it's, that could be interesting. interesting. Yeah, yeah. You could even you know you can do a stip for the rematch, right? You could do a bunch of different things. Like, I even think it would be interesting if you did a deal where it's like, you know, Brian kind of corners Max in a way and he can pick the match and he picks a submission match and Max has to, like, match him on the mat inside. He has to try to, right? Eventually, he'll find a way to kind of make take an underhanded shortcut. But there's a lot of possibilities. I wish Brian had more, like, steam going in. But ultimately, I think I understand why you fellas are in on this because it's it's Brian Danielson, right? He's pretty good from what yeah. I can gather. Right? I think he has a promo next week, week, too. Here's a promo. Here's a promo next week too. So I think after that we might be cooking. What kind of promo are you looking for there, Dick? What, what, what I don't do know, think? but I just I think the second it starts going, I think I think the whole crowd's gonna be into it. I'm already into it. So he's gonna do like the yell voice. The or he, he starts oh, like yeah. screaming. And he gets kind of yeah. when he screams, Brian gets like lower to the floor for some mm-hmm. reason. No one really knows why. His hair starts like bouncing all over yeah. his face. Yeah. yeah. He's going to say something about Regal and we're going to be like, this promo fucking rules. And then mm-hmm. Max is going to come out and be like, so jolly old Saint Nick. Yeah. You know, and we'll be like, oh, well. Yeah, that's one that we're going to have to separate on the vibrator and it's going to yeah. be like <laughs> Indeed. If you fellas can agree on the vibrator. Well, I mean, again, we'll get into it, but there's been some heat I've heard. I read the Observer this week, boys. There were some stories. In there. Um, speaking of heat. Uh, you won't believe it, folks. Dev Triangle continue to struggle with this hammer situation. Um, Ray <laughs> Phoenix appears to have accepted it at this point. He is what he is. He looks somewhat mad, but not really mad. Uh, Dev Triangle took a 3-1 lead here in the best of seven series. Um, firstly, Dukes, what did you make of the match itself here? Match four, game four, whatever you want to call it. I think it was definitely the least... Uh, the Yeah, definitely the least exciting of the, of the four. But yeah. I also liked it more than a couple of the others just because of um it kind of like set up the next three Mm -hmm. more so than trying to be like a five-star match or anything like that yeah least exciting by design and if that i know that sounds weird but it definitely felt that right chris yeah i definitely agree with that um i think uh i think it was a fine match it was it was good but i'm kind of like uh remember i said last week that if they do they go back to the hammer it's like a little messy yeah. Um, and it definitely was that, but I guess it served its purpose for the next few. Mm-hmm. I think this is a very necessary uh, route that they're taking with it, with the stipulations. Yeah. Because we've not that uh, we've kind of gotten stale a little bit, right? Yeah. Or at least we, we would, if we were going to continue on this path, we would be getting really stale mm-hmm. with the material at least. Um, but yeah, I think, again, like t- we hit a point in this match where I was like, okay, I- I'm ready for this to kind of end. But now I'm kind of excited to see what what the next ones look like with the stipulation. So I guess anything that got my excitement back up for this would be a good thing. Yeah, I mean, Drew, where you stand on that, Dukes, the the stipulation business? Like, where are you? 
Does that does that help a lot for you personally? Yeah, I think they needed it. I would have popped for all the matches anyway, just because I'm a fan of them. But yeah, and when I saw what uh, stipulations there were, specifically Game Seven, very fired up. Big one. Yeah, that match is going to be outrageous, man. (laughs) That whole show is going to be fucking crazy. Yeah, like that. Those six guys with fucking ladders, like the ideas they're going to have is, I mean, it will go on forever, but it will be unbelievable. You just know it's going to be spectacular. Mm-hmm. There's no two ways about it. Um, I'm like kind of torn where I I think the series needed it, not mm-hmm. because the series hasn't been good, but it's just like it's seven matches, man. Like it's very hard, you know. There is kind of, the only thing about it is it's very gimmicky, which I would have tried to avoid with a set with like a sports series. The answer to that, of course, is Joe. They're using a fucking hammer in every match. Let it go, you know. And I would say that you're right. I'm sorry, it's my fault. But it's you know what I'm saying, right, Chris? Like, so there's there's an appeal to me of doing a seven match series in like an NBA style vibe and feel. Vibe, folks, hear that? But they're rubbing off on me here. <laughs> but when you use the hammer in every match, I guess I should just accept this is this is professional wrestling, right? I mean, it is what it is. So, yeah. Know. Also, I mean, again, it's wrestling, but it's like you're laying out. You're laying out three stipulations already in advance. <laughs> like, it's... It's uh, very gimmicky, that's all. It's not like... It ain't a big deal. The match is going to rule. I know it's they're just gonna very... Finish. It's very wrestling, is what it is. It's, it uh, is. Yeah, it's very wrestling. And that's fine. This is what this is, after all, right? I mean, you can't you can't knock it for that, I guess. But um, there's one other thing I did want to touch on before we kind of move forward here is... Are you guys into them being free one down? Or is it like... I fucking knew they were going to do this shit. Yeah, I'd, I'd feels... much rather them do two two because it makes <laughs> it makes at least the next match more, um, yeah. you know, hard to decide. But I fucking knew they were gonna do this. But man, you give I, these guys a twenty sixteen they meme, they're cooking. You know, it's they can't it that's the problem. As soon as as I think it was Dukes that mentioned it in the voice chat one night where he said they're going three. Like I think as soon as they announced the best of seven, I think you said they're going three one, and I was like, oh, they, they so are. Yeah, they they're so are. But yeah, I think two two definitely would have made more sense, especially with the stipulations, because it, it you know, it makes them kind of more not gimmicky in, in a way, mm-hmm. like not wrestling, where it's like, okay, well, yeah, these are for, these are all kind of for sure more likely to happen. But now if it's three one, it's like, do we need to have? You know what I'm saying? Like if it's if it's, mm-hmm. I don't know, it's wrestling. You know, it's gonna be. I'm sure it's gonna be fun. But it was just. Yeah. I'm with you, bro. When they put the graphic up of all the matches, I was like, oh come on. <laughs> You know, like, come on. But again, folks, this is like the most minuscule. This is I know, yeah, shit, no, you know? yeah, it's just, it's picking. We all agree the match is going to be awesome. We all think the matches thus far have been really great. It's just, it's you know, little things. Um, Franco cheered ninety five bits. Thank you so much, Franco. No matter what they say about you on Discord, I do like you very much. Um, take that with Dukes, by the way. Well, <laughs> everyone on Discord needs to know Dukes has been tasked with sending me a report. Mm-hmm. Full report, a comprehensive report on the behavior of all involved. Just called Late Night Green. So he gets the Franco, roster and he has notes. Yeah, yeah. Franco may want to. You may want to reach out and try and bribe Young Dukes because well, could be some trouble, brother. You accept him pay for that gig, Dukes? No, you're not. Well, fuck, what a pro, huh, Chris? You hear that? What a pro. I um, love this game. I love I've this heard <laughs> Jungle Boy Jack Perry. He beat Brian Cage, and then they did something that was like genuinely awesome in the post match. Sometimes with Dynamite, they do the logical thing that while it makes sense and is, and is safe, it isn't like necessarily inspiring because you expect it. This is the kind of shit I'm looking for. Hook making the save here, that reaction, it made sense. It wasn't completely out of left field because it's like, you know, 
the Moriarty match Hook just had. It's like there's some link there. But honestly, even if it didn't make sense, I don't give a fuck, man. These two dudes together, this is some good shit, man. Chris, what was your reaction to this potential Hook Jungle Boy business? Yeah, so uh, again, this is one that I was watching. I was watching the recording of it in the Discord, mm-hmm. and and Dukes was kind of like, "Chris, where are you in the match? Where are you in the match? Where are you in the match?" <laughs> and I was like, I was I was kind of like, "What's he talking about?" Because the match to me was okay. It was it was it was fine. Yeah. It was it was it was it was decent. Like I liked the fact I liked the pairing of like you know short athletic guy, yeah. you know bigger dude. It's it's cool. But I'm like, dude, what is he talking about? Like, what's gonna happen? And then I heard the music hit, and I was like, oh, now we're cooking. Like, here we go. So I'm really excited for this pairing. Um, you know, I've been I've really wanted to see Hook on TV doing something um important for for a bit now. And I know it's hard with like his style and and how they've been booking him to to do that consistently. So especially this pairing, giving them both something to do. Obviously, Jungle Boy, it's been like a foggy path kind of with this whole Christian situation, especially with the injury now coming off the Luchasaurus thing to see what he's going to do. Um, I wouldn't say this is like the natural next step, obviously, because I don't think any of us would have predicted this, but yeah. it's definitely something that's going to, I think, highlight two young guys that, you know, realistically don't have a natural next step right now. So this is something, you know, cool that, that uses both of them and that's probably going to spotlight them really well. Mm-hmm. Dukes, what'd you make of this? Yeah, it rules. Um, when they eventually climb the tag rankings and lose to FTR, it's going to be great. This is the thing. So are you predicting an extended run here, Dukes? Are you saying they're actually going to climb the tag rankings? What do you think personally? I think I don't know if they will. I think they should. I think it'll be fun. Hmm. I'm. This is my problem is I agree with you. Like them as like a young hot frog babyface team is real graps. You know yeah. what I mean? <laughs> the only issue is it's like it feels like all of the top teams are already babyfaces. It's mm. like fuck. How do we even like? How do you even figure them into it? Chris, where do you stand on this? Is this best as a one-off thing or short-term thing? Or is this, are they going to be a team for six months a year? You know, what do you think? I think it's best served as a short-term thing, but something that like down the line, you know, when they cross paths, they're on good terms and they can team for a one-off whenever, if there's like, oh, Jungle Boy needs a partner and there's, he's against two guys or whatever. That would be something interesting where this is like a, a, a long-standing friendship type of deal. Mm-hmm. I wouldn't be – like, I think that's also a great idea. That's something really cool that they could do and then eventually lose to FTR. Like, I'd love that match. But yeah, um, That yeah. match would be awesome. Yeah, for sure. I mean, yeah, I could see them writing this out until Christian comes back, honestly. That's definitely a possibility too. So That's so. interesting. Yeah. Um, we may have something here, boys. Jungle Hook versus Jarrett's World. I got it. Now, who's Jarrett's partner? Satnam. Okay, yeah, I'm in. <laughs> that hook Satnam match would do crazy on YouTube, bro. Factual. That shit would have like a hundred million views in a day. I, need, I need Taz on the call for that. Need it. Oh yeah, that's the sure. El Camino, bro. Yeah. Oh man, <laughs> that's the Red Room, brother. Taz like starting his line with like, you know, I have experience working with bigger men, and Jim Ross just being like, they're all bigger, Taz, <laughs> like, chuckling to himself while Taz gets really mad. <laughs> No, in all seriousness, if the two matches within that were Hook and Satnam, Jungle Boy and Jeff. Yeah. Jesus, that'd be uh, awesome. I mean, that's how, you talk about Rampage's ratings, brother. That's the route, right? That's the way back. But um, it will be interesting. This is one of those things where it's like, if it's just a little deal here to view with the firm, that's cool. But there is a chance that when we see this in action, we're all going to be like, oh, fuck, this is a real act. 
And they're both so young, there's no rush, right? You can mm-hmm. have these two as a real team for a little bit, and it could help the tag division. Now, again, it ain't ideal in the sense that you've already got, you know, your top teams are baby faces anyway, but sometimes you have to kind of make things work for the sake of a, of a grin, so to speak. All right, speaking of grins, I really like this Ruby Soho Time Mello match. I was kind of disappointed by how little love it got online. I, I thought they killed it, honestly. Um, they was not trying to have like a five-star match. They were trying to have a brawl. And my God, did they brawl. I mean, Ty always hits hard. This is the best she's looked in some time. But this is Ruby really up the physicality here, right? She was doing that before she went away. The last few months we were talking about it, that was a thing that she'd reworked on. This was like a new high in that regard, I thought. Um, I really liked it. Ruby and Ty Dukes, what did you think? I fucking love this match. Uh, I, was, I wasn't I was worried about it, but I because I knew I was going to like it no matter what because I'm, I'm just – Ruby Soho is like probably one of my favorite wrestlers just on the roster in general. Mm-hmm. But um, sometimes she needs to like lay it in a little bit more, and her yeah. stuff doesn't look like as doesn't have as much snap to it as other people. But I thought this match was fucking awesome. I thought they like killed each other. It was good. Hey Chris, destination unknown, unknown, hardly. Destination is Duke's fave list. Am I right? The fave five. There you go, folks. Chris, what did you think of this one? Yeah. So. I, I honestly was a little worried um, because I do I do love Ruby, but I have that same thing that, you know, Dukes is talking about, about like she needs to lay her stuff in more. And my concern was also, especially when she's in the ring with someone like Ty, who is like, you know, she hits hard. Yes. Uh, it's very it's very obvious that, that she lays her stuff in. Um, but, yeah, no, it was it was awesome. I we need to see my, my thing with Ty since the whole Sammy thing has been like we need to see her in singles matches more because the longer that she's not in them, we group her with Sammy. Right. And then everyone has their, you know, idea of, of that whole situation and that, that deal, that act, but you know, she's, she's awesome. Like the Mm -hmm. pump kick is like her. She's awesome. She's so good at that. (laughs) And just, just, just everything. Like, like as I, I think she's in ring, like one of the strongest that, that they have. And like, you know, so sometimes I feel like with the, with the with the women's matches, we don't get that like like it feels like a fight, and I feel like every time ties in there with the physicality, like she yeah. she doesn't she doesn't let up. So it's awesome to see that. I want to see her on TV more, and I'm very glad that Ruby switched her finish from the you know that we yes. that kind of kick she had. I know we talked about it a lot. But that's mm-hmm. big thing for me. So I'm super like I I came out of this match feeling great about both of them. The other thing with Ty is, well, I mean, I completely agree with you on her work, but as a heel too, like she's a great heel and she was a great baby face, right? She was infectious as a baby face, but she's really, I think, been tremendous as of late as a heel. So yeah, all positives here. This is um, is good shit. I think especially like in a division that gets a lot of, I wouldn't even say hate, but like, you know, it it gets a lot of criticism. Someone Mm -hmm. like Ty is a consistently good TV wrestler that's going to get a reaction. So I think putting her on TV more, would serve everybody well. I agree. And I think hopefully this kind of last couple of months here have been a step towards that. It was a while there, as you kind of mentioned, like where it was, she was just a valet, right? Which feels like a waste of what Ty can do. So um, here we go, folks. It's time. Speaking of waste of what the people can do, it's time. It's time. It's time for the infamous vibrator segment, folks. Um, I will narrate here accordingly and the, the, the young fellas will chip in or when I ask questions or if they just feel the need to explain themselves, which will happen very shortly. 
First, though, there'll be no disagreements here. The impeccable vibes to kick us off. Um, this was a unique start of show. This was not your usual, you know, your usual just, uh, uh, what's the, what does the song say, Dukes? What's like the, the Fuse. Thank you very much. Like the Fuse. Wasn't your bring usual the like the Fuse. Wasn't usual Bring the Boom. It Dynamite. Was your, <laughs> it, was your, it was unusual in the sense that we had the, uh, the NBA gimmick. Uh, which led to impeccable vibes. Dukes, this is a moment in history here to start with impeccable vibes. Is this a lock every time the show opens with that particular theme insert, or is it more the fact it was the first time we'd heard it on Dynamite? I think it's uh, I think it's going to stand the test of time. Oh my God. There you go. Chris, any comment on the uh, historic impeccable vibe open here? Uh, I honestly, when I when you just pulled this up right now, I, I remembered that I had no say in this part of it. Uh, <sighs> oh. But... But you know, I don't disagree. I don't disagree. Mm-hmm. I, Very I like fair. It. I respect that, Chris. Good, always a good pro, Chris. He's he's the the calm head. We'll get to the more fiery elements in a moment here. Um, game four, good vibes feels like a very a solid. You know, it wasn't more than that, but it, it deserves to be good vibes, right? It was a good mm-hmm. match, damn good match. Um, we fall off some for the MJF promo. Was the main issue there limp for you guys? Because good lord, it went on for a while, didn't it? Yeah, it was a little long. Yeah, absolutely. That's that. I think honestly, that was the only thing that, yeah. you know, had the slight decrease. Also, when he does like the whining, like crying voice, making fun of oh. Ricky, that shit fucking annoys me. <laughs> it sucks. Yeah. All right, we have some controversy ahead here, folks. We then we fall dramatically to mid. Um, Jeff Jarrett's incredible assault of the acclaimed, in which sanjay dutt bumped max castro on his own because jeff didn't want to do any physicality until he got in the ring and instead just walked over his arms aloft with a guitar mm-hmm. uh, and i believe he circled the ring so he could shit talk some of the fans because he you know he knows ball um this look guys i, I mean most people agree with you but most people aren't hosting this show right now this feels a little aggressive this mid drum i mean could we not get pops i would like in the middle? i would like to state that during the making of the vibrator chris was not there and <sighs> I, I was fighting for Jeff Jarrett in the voice chat against oh, Topic no. Suicida, the man who's not here today. <laughs> because he's a coward. Um, I mean, for, scissor this slap nut alone is actually, pops. I don't know what we're doing here. Topic had it at shits. I was very upset. Whoa! That's he did. Crazy. He's he's lucky he didn't show his face here. Right? He's you know? fucking hateable. Well, I mean, he never, he never shows his face, face, but you know. <laughs> 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 All right, nonetheless. Okay, I'll, I'll accept that any bad ratings here, folks, we just have to blame Tope. That's the rule we've decided. We've locked in here. But That's exactly what we're going to do. I can explain Jeff, all of them, too, because he's a piece of shit. Jeff will bounce back when they have the bunkhouse match. It'll be okay. Oh, um, my God. We then leap towards Pops, which is Jericho announced his tune-up. <laughs> Fair enough. Um, we climb slightly higher again for the Brian Cage jungle match. Chris, you mentioned you was not like you know you thought it was decent. Dukes, where did you stand on the actual match itself? Yeah, I thought it was good. Yeah. I didn't think it was like blow away or anything like that, but yeah, uh, yeah, it was fun. Where, Chris, where are you at on Brian Cage at this point? You, like, where do you stand on him in general? I mean, it's so weird because I, I for the Ring of Honor show, I you know I I I, I praised them a lot. And I don't know, this just wasn't so, – something about this match just didn't work for me. I don't know what it was. I, mm-hmm. I can't really describe it. I think part of it is, and I, this isn't even a knock-up break, but like, I think that audience kind of doesn't really take him seriously as like a threat because whenever he's actually on the main show, he just gets beat, right? Like he's mm-hmm. not like actually – he hasn't really been relevant on Dynamite in truth for a while. 
Um, I am made part of it. But, I um, think since like Daly's place, him as a real threat on yeah. TV has been. Yeah, know. since he got uh, kicked out of Team Taz. Yeah, that's yeah, that's probably the right timeline, right? Like when was the? Because I know that he wrestled Ricky in Texas, which was like the first month back out of Daly's place. I remember that being a thing. So yeah, it's probably the right. That's a couple. What is it now? Eighteen months ago. Basically, yeah, been a while. Um, we then leap forward here. Now this is um. This is interesting here. We have the biggest bitch of them all, which was, of course, what Jack referred to, Big Bill, which is a new official name for those of you yeah. unaware. Um, then we get Hook, no housing. But, yeah, I see no impeccable vibe here. That seems controversial. Is the is the biggest bitch element taken away from the from the Hook? What's well, happened here? You know, there's a certain person that uh, <laughs> takes takes part in curating this list. This, oh, yeah. this uh this chart mm. and uh you know he's not really here to speak his mind but i'll do it for him he sucks uh and he hates professional wrestling wow how low was he on this though i mean i'm sure you were locked in at impeccable right yes he wanted it like he wanted it at good vibes i couldn't stand for that i tried my best folks wow He's a tyrant, is what it is. We're, we're, we'll just say it. We'll just say it. Because he's the one that that physically like has has the last really it. has the last say. Like really, yeah. We can't actually do anything about it because he actually makes it. <laughs> There's another one. Wow. You know, I I think there was we we after the fact we kind of debated that one less. There's another one that's coming up an hour we'll, or two that we we'll get to it. We mm. yeah, I got I got very upset. Yeah, I'm gonna stress again, folks. If you're watching this with a young child who enjoys the Tope Suicida. This is not the show. I, I stressed that earlier than I was, doesn't it? But it's about to get worse. So just, just hang in there. Um, mogul shit followed this. Um, was there a swerve segment? What was? My- yeah, there was like a swerve um, pre-tape. Tope Suicida wanted that on 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 the chart. <laughs> it is his favorite wrestler. Favorite male wrestler. Favorite male wrestler. Favorite male wrestler. You're right. I'm sorry. My God, who's the favorite female wrestler? We'll get to it. Uh, we will. One, look at the radio hooks that Deuce is throwing out there right now. Folks. Incredible <laughs> stuff. Um, House of Black over the factory. Um, I assume that's what that means with the arrow. Not better then because that would be a lie. Um, wow. This was fun. They missed the highlight spot with Brody King murdering someone with yes. a crossbody. they did get the other highlight spot of Buddy yes. doing the Murphy's Law onto Cole Carter's... Uh, Lower in uh, into the yam bag region. <laughs> yeah, on the table. yeah. <laughs> yeah I, don't why, I don't know why he put Cole on the table that way. No, it was very bad. He almost like he almost broke Lee Johnson's neck and yeah. Cole Carter's yam bag with one move. Very real effective. Grab. Yeah, real great. The table also did not break. Um, where are we at on House of Black at this point, Chris? Are you? Oh my god. Oh my god, hold on a second, folks. Hold oh, on. No. Hold on a second. This this show's about to take a oh, no, no, no. Dramatic turn. Oh, oh no. Oh, oh no. I have a couple minutes, but no. I just tuned in to the world famous fleet week. Oh, it's got it's got and, really bad. Uh, it's got really bad. There's, there's a little bit of slander going on from the uh, There was a lot. There was a lot. I believe it used to be my you. friends. Tyrant we used multiple times, yes. Not wrong. Okay, look, Toby, you've only got a couple minutes here. 
explain yourself. What's the deal with Jeff Jarrett? What's the hater? Come on, what's the deal, man? Come on, we got a couple others. Let's, let's get through these quickly. Jeff, Sorry, explain yourself. Jeff and Entourage yes. will almost always be in the shits unless I like laugh out loud during the segment. That's that's, that's how I feel. you don't know ball. That's asking a lot. Um, okay, next, let's talk about this hook business, bro. Good vibes only for fucking hook making the save for Jungle Jack. Are you kidding me? What's the deal, Tope? Okay, so again, <laughs> we're going, we got the momentum here. All right, we got Cage, Jungle Jack. That was a that was good, not great, like you yeah. know, fun, fun match. Yeah. It can't it can't shoot up to impeccable. Yes, it, it, it wasn't that great. Toby, All we right. make the rules. Yes, it can. <laughs> All right, well, fair. <laughs> okay. All right, let's I'll move to round two here. Let's just look, folks. Let's get to the headline because we'll talk about the rest, Toby. When because I understand you're busy. All right. But with all due respect, there's one segment here. It's near the end, folks. Here you see emotional cowboy update, and you'll see that it is. It's well rated, right? Unquestionably. I mean, it's a good rating. But there were a lot of there was a lot of internal fighting about where this should be, how high it should be. And I'm told, Topi Suicida, that you um, declared it simply cannot be truly impeccable vibes. Please explain yourself before departing. So originally it was just me and Chris was busy. So it was me and Dukes deciding this. Mm-hmm. I had I, I had it at good vibes. He had it at impeccable. I was like, all right, good compromise. We went in between. Then at 3 a.m., Actual. I, I was bombarded and attacked. <laughs> I wake up the next morning and I see, like, I'm demanded that I move it. So I, I bump it up, you know, but not enough. All right. My point was the Jericho make yourself a star kid was a <laughs> that was impeccable vibes. That was better. That segment was better. Than Hanman's promo. Wow. Two things. Can I, can I read? Can I read the? <gasps> can I read the texts? Always, always no. read private yeah. messages on this show. Always. I don't even so know. We've got. Fun. So I honestly, don't know either. I put again. This is like three a.m. because this is when I was watching the show when I got back home. And then, so we got Duke says at Tope Suicida. We want Hangman <laughs> promo at Impeccable. The next day, Tope Suicida <laughs> says, "Whoa, big ask." Dukes, oh, this. Not true. Dukes, Dukes replies, "That shit damn near made me cry. It's Actually. impeccable." I said, "Has to be impeccable." I put all caps. He forgot his kid's name. Damn it. Dukes puts. He looked into those green eyes and he didn't know. He didn't fucking know. Tope. <laughs> Tope says, "I'll give you six point seven five." Duke says, "Explain to me how it's not impeccable." I said, "Hater." Duke says, I would like to hear his reasoning, even if it's wrong. <laughs> Tope says, I had it at good vibes. Um, and then he puts like the shrug, he put the shrug emoji and Duke's put fake hangman fan. And that was it. Damn. That's I would also like to point story. out, I know I'm not, you know, Chris is the lawyer here, but I'd like to point out uh, Tope Suicide's use of numbers. Oh, shit. That's another one. Just saying. Oh, shit. Gotta go back. So, do you have any comment on all this? Oh no, he's gone. He's he got too hot, folks. Couldn't handle it. As soon as legality came into it, he fucking he was gone, man. No, Couldn't no hang. chance. Why did, why did he doesn't show his face? 
right, let's pick up where we were. Yeah. God bless you. That was quite the that was quite the run in. Um okay. Sky Blue <laughs> Of course Sky Blue would be the next segment. I've just remembered this is starting. Sky Blue sets up a squash in the dentist. Which which came in at good vibes, which Tope was suggesting should be the rating for the fucking the hook segment. Um, what do you guys have to say for the the aforementioned the recently departed Tope Suicida? Sky blue, man. This is this getting out of hand, boys. It's gotta be careful here. Listen, I actually I, so fuck he's so spiteful and he's just wrong all the time. It's insane. <laughs> uh now this promo was very good. I actually I liked uh, how Sky Blue handled it. I thought she was, she came across like very confident, and uh, yeah, yeah. Good, but you know, the same as what a gentleman is proposing that the hook segment be. I mean, couldn't yeah. it just be pops, Chris? You know, I mean, this is just, like I feel like he's getting a little bit carried away with the Look, Sky Blue business. So n- negotiation is negotiation, right? Yeah, and true. and sometimes we have to let some of these things slide. But again, this guy's a tyrant, right? We give him this, yeah. he doesn't, he doesn't, he doesn't. He doesn't give us any pull. So it, it, it's tough. You know, I, I enjoyed it. I thought it was fine. Was mm-hmm. it a little overrated on the scale? Maybe. But but it, but it was fine. And what it led to was also fine. So so it's all right. Okay. Good answer, Chris. Very good answer. Okay. Up next, we will agree on the, the Jericho business, right? We've discussed it before. Mm-hmm. That's a lot for Impeccable Vibes on any week. Um, the Richard Starks promo, which was very <laughs> good, which outdrew Max's here on this vibrator. Which I think is fair as the consensus, right? He had a hell of a promo. Yeah, and it wasn't like fucking six minutes long. Uh, FTR ass boys also coming in at good vibes as pop me. <laughs> See, I don't it, remember anything when, from this. When there are when there are multiple pre tapes in a row, yeah, it does slow down the show a little bit. Yes. Unless the pre tape is the next one we're about to talk about. Ah, <laughs> oh, Chris oh, Jericho totally. throwing things around. I'm the Ocho. <laughs> <laughs> Look, man, he's he's special. Yeah, Jericho is incredible. He's unbelievable, man. Him throwing shit around, yelling his own nickname. It's beautiful. <laughs> it's real great. Retreating right. into his locker room was yes, and then like zooming screaming. in on the Jericho thing on his locker, yeah. like <laughs> beautiful. Um, time Ruby, we have here at Good Vibes. I don't think it's fair. Nothing wrong with that. Um, we've discussed the emotional cowboy. The Duke, seeing as he is your fave, um, alongside Ruby Soho. What uh, Do you have anything else to add on this promo? It was a hell of a segment for Hangout, in all seriousness. It was fucking awesome. Yeah. It uh, it started, and my dad was like, where's he going with this? And then <laughs> about, like, not even halfway through, when he got real serious, and he, he, he did the eyes up at Marvez, you know? Yeah. With Evil Uno and his uh, casual <laughs> bit behind him, which is very funny. Uh. <laughs> We got uh, we got locked in. I teared up. It was magical. If I was the booker, and like we we shot that promo, I'd be so mad at Evil Uno. Like, bro, like really? Like you're there? He's doing this best promo of his career, and you're there in the fucking flannel with, the, with your <laughs> with your, was, your mask on. This was Hangman's equivalent of I wouldn't say it was his best promo. It's definitely his best pre-tape. It's his equivalent of um Mox's promo when he talked about his daughter holding his finger. Yeah. It's great. Yeah. That's what it reminded awesome. me of. It was awesome, absolutely. Um, and I just kid, folks. Good free Valuna. God bless him. He's That's just cool. on Twitch like us, but he also does wrestling sometimes. You've got to respect mm-hmm. it, right? It's good mm-hmm. shit. Um, the main event here, above good vibes, uh, which I think, you know, 
it was this was the highest rated match, right? Unless I, I think on yeah. the show in terms of vibes, mm-hmm. which yeah, I, I think it's fair. Nothing too crazy. And then the American Dragon, a big peak for which obviously you fellas stressed earlier your immense excitement. Um, is it fair to say that you guys were a little bit gun shy in terms of the impeccable vibes this week? You know, last week you may have got a little yeah. bit carried away. Yeah. We are, we're in the process still. We're recalibrating the vibrator. You know. <laughs> Yeah. Um, <laughs> after breaking it, we really needed to, we needed to take some time to ourselves, have the week to kind of just okay. We need to rein ourselves in a little bit, right? You know, we yeah. can't be yeah. you know outlaws on, on Fleet Week like this and and just bombard you with 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 these insane ratings. You know, we need to we need to be more careful with what we what we have on top, and and that's why we're we're so adamant that like specific segments should be higher mm-hmm. than what they are, and that's why we need to keep fighting the fight against the tyrant Tope Suicida. I'd agree. Uh, you know, I also would like to say, I know Dave watches this. You could have done the same thing once upon a time, Chief. You know what I mean? You could have that recalibrating. It could have happened for you too. But yeah, it's too late for him, but not for us. Exactly. In so many ways, that's true. Rampage. <laughs> John. 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 John Moxley wrestled Sammy Guevara, and. Uh, Sammy, Sammy Guevara has been especially aggressive as of late. This appears to be something the Blackpool Combat Club have really ventured to bring out of him. I know the Danielson matches, especially, you know, he worked Brian's eye and such. And here he was really targeting Mox's ear, which created quite the visual. Um, does a more aggressive Sammy Guevara hire or raise his ceiling, Young Dukes? Or yes. are you in the same place? He does. Yeah, especially for like his uh, his in-ring. I think it, uh, I think it elevates him a little bit more. Certainly makes him a more compelling watch as a heel. He's definitely mm-hmm. kind of leveled up as a heel worker, I think, in recent months. Chris, where do you stand on Sammy Guevara at this point in the game? Look, I'm going to be so honest. I thought it was disgusting. <laughs> I could, I, 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 when, when he kissed Ty, that yeah. was gross. That I had, I, it was, it was tough. It was tough. But mm. um, you know, I think, I think he's kind of. When you kind of sep, I think he he like overthinks the the heat that he gets, and I think mm-hmm. kind of Tony is a Tony is is at fault there a lot too, with like kind of misinterpreting the heat that Sammy has sometimes. Um, but I think when he doesn't overthink it, and he's in there with a guy like Mox, who I'm sure like doesn't let him overthink it, it yeah. works well. Uh, the the visuals here were kind of crazy. I thought my my favorite part of the match easily was when Sammy was hitting Mox with the forearms to the side of the head. And his whole forearm got all red. That was really cool for me. Um, man, I think they just have to be careful. Honestly, with me, it's I don't, you know, Sammy, Sammy has his issues as to why, you know, people people dislike him and it's different reasons and you know, a lot of valid ones, right? But um, you know, as in, in ring sometimes I, I think he's he's kind of getting his rhythm back. I think with the yeah. was it the full gear? It was four way of full gear. Mm-hmm. I thought he honestly, I thought he was the MVP of that match. Uh, so yeah, I think, you know, he, he's got it in ring. It's just, they need to find out, they, they need to find a, a clean way to book him where it's not where he get he's getting heat, but it's not the one that he's, he's been mm-hmm. getting recently. I like your point about him being more instinctual rather than like overthinking that part. I think a little bit over the summer, he was, he looked like he was really trying to wrestle with someone who's not Sam Guevara and he, like he was Absolutely. trying he was trying I to think, lean. I think he was trying to lean into the reaction more than just yes. be himself. Yeah, and the reality is, as himself, he's always been a really strong in ring guy. You know, I think he just needs to be. 
instinctual and go out there and fucking whack guys and be physical. And I'm, like, I'm, I'm sure he ain't always a thrill to to share the ring with because he looks like he's kind of wild in there. But guess what? I ain't sharing the ring with him, so I don't give a fuck about that. I think it's fun to watch when he's wild in there. I want him to do more than that more than trying to be like a, a kind of WWE heel, which I thought he kind of lost himself a little bit in the summer. Um, he's on a nice run here, man. He Like, like this com- Blackpool Combat Club stuff has been his best stuff for a, since he was a TNT champ, right? It's pretty like end of last year, that part of the run. Um, yeah, it's good shit. Moxley's obviously John Moxley. What do you want from us? I mean, it's, it is what he is, man. Um, all right, let's move forward here. Britt Baker in Sky Blue. Thumbs up, young Dukes. Thumbs up. I thought the match was, was good. Yes. I thought the post-match fucking ruled. My God, look at that. That's... Dukes, he said, I need, I need to add a little, little clarify here. Mm-hmm. Make, make clear how big the pop was. Chris, what do you think of uh, Britain Sky Blue? Yeah, I agree. I thought the post-match was great. I thought the match itself was really good. Sky Blue is developing really, like in, in ring at least, especially with this match, you can tell she's really developing nicely as a TV wrestler. Mm-hmm. Um, I thought the selling was great. I love that, you know, as opposed to kind of the last few months, she's she got a lot of offense in, which is really cool to see. Yeah. So, yeah, I, more of that is cool, whether it's on dark or elevation or, or whatever. Seeing more of her is going to be uh, going to be good. Good for her, too, just to get more reps on TV. But, yeah, no, I thought it was great. I thought Britt gave her a lot. Um, it was a, yeah, fine TV match. Dude, this is what you were trying to say. Yes. Jamie Hayter, good. Also, Hikaru Shida, good. My God. Swinging with the hot takes today, bro. I like it. She, bro, she, she. She smacked Brit with the kendo stick. That was <laughs> crazy. He's fucking awesome. She rules. Um, are you guys into Trent Seven? <laughs> Answer that if you'd like to. That was my question. <laughs> I don't know. This match was fun though. <laughs> yeah, I don't, I don't have anything else to ask. Really, I just wrote my notes. <laughs> are you guys into Trent Seven? <laughs> that was the best I could do. Really, Chris, are you into Trent Seven? See, I think I think it's in my best interest to no comment that, but uh, it was fun. Uh, that that's it. That's all. I'll, that's that works. I'm fine. We'll, we'll we'll kind of revisit this here shortly. Um, all right, next week we just mentioned it kind of very very briefly. Jamie Hater and Hikaru Shida, Dukes. I know you're a big uh, a hater, so to speak. Right. Um, this feels like if it has time. It's the right crowd. It has like best women's title match in promotional history ceiling. I'm not saying that's where it'll be. Actual, because there's always a lot of factors with TV, but this could yeah. be crazy. How excited are you, Dukes? I'm very excited. Jamie Hader put out a tweet that says she's gonna whoop her ass like it's 1990s all Japan women wrestling. Oh, yeah. Oh, we're playing. We're playing real music. Uh, apparently, right. I like to hear that, bro. I like to hear it. A tweet increasing your excitement for a match. Oh fuck! This really is a special occasion. Yeah, absolutely. Chris, you into this one? The the women's title match next week feels like it's got a lot of potential. Oh, absolutely. This is like this is the style of like women's wrestling that I like. Is their two styles combined? Mm -hmm. So I'm just I'm really excited to see that. I yeah, definitely. I think it has you know best women's title match potential. Yeah, it's a big big one too for Jamie's reign. Right, getting underway. It's very very Mm -hmm. exciting. Um. Right, a couple of things here, and then we have something kind of special to close with. Firstly, FTR Guns 
Is there any interest for you fellows on this? I'm intrigued because I've heard so much good about the guns about seeing it with my own eyes. I kind of want to stick. They seem to think this is a big match. Yeah. Which tells me that the FTR guys think this is going to be a big deal. Um, maybe it will just be an eight-minute match, but good Lord, they've been building this for a while now. I mean, they must have something up their sleeve here. Chris, do you think there is more to this or is it just going to be like a fine little tag match and that's it, we move on? What do you think? So, like, my instincts are telling me that it's just a fine, you know, mm -hmm. they get it out of the way. But the, the length of the build, kind of, um, the integration of them to like the briscoes thing them costing them or not costing them titles but you know like them th them just being involved in that whole situation um makes me think that it's going to be you know pretty good i like the guns honestly i think they're pretty they, yeah. they've been solid uh and yeah i think there's definitely something to I, I think honestly from the looks of it i think all four guys are, are excited about it i think there's something to ftr um like working with with those younger guys, I think that's something that's probably important to them. And I think the guns are obviously taking it as they should be, which is like, this is the, this is the biggest thing that we've been a part of so far sure. in our career. So I think that they, they, I personally, I really hope that they take advantage of that opportunity and that this is a, mm -hmm. a match for them where like, you know how the acclaimed had some matches where like, okay, they're now, yeah. now they're players. I think that they definitely have the potential to do that here. I like them as heels. Like I think they're a nice team, but it definitely, how long this gets and the way it's produced will be very telling as to where they're at because they, I am firmly of the belief that people in the promotion see them as the heel team for the company right now. Mm -hmm. uh, whether that's by necessity or by design, we'll very, very shortly find out. Um, Dukes, what do you think? Is this, is this going to be a kind of uh, big time showing for the gun club here? Uh, I hope so. I remember they, this match has happened before. If I, if I remember correctly, yeah. it was, yeah. it was short, but it was still like, it was good. It was solid because, you know, FTR, you know, did their thing. And uh, they're not going to have, like, a bad match on TV. But I uh, I think it definitely has a higher ceiling than the first match. Yeah, I believe they wrestled. They The Gun Club were the team that kind of turned FTR babyface. So they were at ringside mm. when Dax wrestled Punk. Okay. And they were shit-talking FTR. And then the next week, they did that match. And that was when the whole thing was happening with the Pinnacle. Remember where they were, MJ was trying to get them, him, them to help him with Wardlow? And they were like, we're cool with Wardlow. That yeah. was that time. So that's around around eight months ago now, maybe nine months ago. So um, it's going to be really interesting. They are certainly a young team who are more suited to FTR's stylistic strengths than like a top flight. Now, I like the top flight match a lot, but that's a lot more um, uneven disjoint as a matchup than like this. Look, if there's a team in the world the Gun Club can have a great match with, this is them, right? They stylistically, yeah. it makes sense. So we'll see. Um, we'll obviously cover that at some point. Maybe not necessarily next week, because I believe next week is Christmas Day. <laughs> yeah. We shall get back to the second. Trio's match, um, game five. We all know the deal with that. The Elite are winning, obviously. They're going to get to game seven. It is what it is. Nothing wrong with that. Right. As I mentioned, next week is Christmas Day. Week after that will be in 2023. So let's finish this. We'll say a little special. Assuming this is the last Fleet Week of 2022, I believe there's been like three episodes, but still, law. Um, let's kind of let's close out with a little bit of you know, little award season. Let's single it down to AEW only, mm -hmm. which is important, right? When you talk about guys like Moxley and Dax as wrestler of the year, they did stuff outside the promotion that went. They helped them an awful lot. So let's quickly kind of go around the room on this. Who is, in your guys' opinion, the AEW wrestler of the year? Exclusively their work under that All Elite Wrestling banner. Um, feel free. We can talk this out. We don't need to have like an immediate answer. Dukes, who is the first name you go? That's my immediate response. Does Ring of Honor count? No. John Moxley. 
Chris, you agree? Yeah, John Moxley. I think he he served honestly probably the most important role in the company yeah. this year. Uh, with given everything that 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 occurred both times, you know, uh, <laughs> coincidentally the same person for different reasons. But I mm. think mm-hmm. yeah, just his his him as an asset to the company this year was was unmatched really. Um, and, and I think th- there you know we hear that there was a lot of sacrifice on his end for in, in the second time that yeah. that happened. So yeah, I, th- I think he he was really important to the company. I think he's the MVP. Yeah, it's been, I mean, the matches have been great and wrong, but it's been much more about kind of what he's meant symbolically for the promotion, right? And what he represents the promotion. He is, he's the ace now, he's the guy. And, and yeah. that will never change no matter who has the belt because it's more of a kind of a, a stature thing than anything else. Um, you could argue he already was that, but this year has gone a long way to cementing him. Um, who would actually be second on a gist? Because, you know, we talk about Dax a lot, but with Dax, if you take away the Ring of Honor and, you know, the uh, yeah. even the Aussie Open match, like who's next for just AEW? Who's the next guy? Do you think? I feel like intriguing. Jericho's probably high on the list. Yeah. I don't yeah. want it to be him, but I think it probably is Jericho and just AEW. Three at least. Yeah, I guess Ring of Honor would limit him. What would he actually lose though from the Ring of Honor show? Just the last one, right? Claudio, because all his other stuff was on Dynamite. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I think it's I think it's Jericho. Yeah. Um, that's very, very interesting. John Moxley and Chris Jericho, two of the, the original top two guys, right? Of the yeah. promotion. I know I know Max missed the summer, but yeah. his first half of the year was fucking awesome. Mm-hmm. And For sure. uh him with the chip was you know, it happened. <laughs> yeah. The build to the Mox match was very good, and I think he's been good since he's been the champion. Very fair. Brian is always worth mentioning. Um Brian's had some killer matches, the Garcia trilogy. The Moxley match, um, both of them were very good. The Revolution match, I loved. Mm-hmm. There's other stuff that I'm forgetting because I have a very bad memory these days. But yeah, Brian's definitely compiled a lot of great matches for sure. His years felt uneven because of for a range of reasons. Um, so yeah, Punk did it. Look, Punk absolutely did some great shit. It's a shame there was so much time missed because when he was yeah. around, he was fucking hitting, un- you know, unquestionably. So okay, so we got Moxley. I think that's the clear right answer. Now, this one's interesting. Who is the tag team of the year for AEW when you limit it only to AEW work? Does that take FTR out of the top spot and put the acclaimed in? Or like, like where do we stand on that? Because so much of FTR's highlights think, are outside the promotion. Swerve and our glory comes out in this. Yeah, that's, I, think, yeah. I think that might be my Swerve and our glory. Yeah. Swerve and our glory have... Especially the way they won the titles. They have the stuff with Team Taz. They have the, the double or nothing match, the triple threat, right? They have the, the the title win. They have the match with the Lucha Bros on TV. And they have the Acclaim series. Yeah. I think that's probably right. It's, it's, it's so wild that you know, FTR's tag year is going to go down as one of the great tag years ever. But the, the high-end stuff is almost all outside AW. It's, yeah. it's been bizarre in that way. Um, I like the Swerve and Aguilory pick, I think. Chris, what do you think? Yeah, I think so too, especially when you – like we mentioned the acclaimed right but especially when you when you take into account what what they did for the acclaimed mm-hmm. um i think that's big i think they were it was so interesting to see because we a lot of times we can criticize like makeshift tag teams where you just put two guys together and you sure. throw them out there and whatever but i think it was really carefully you know booked i think they at the end of the day it felt like a real team right mm-hmm. um and they were and i think they had an interesting dynamic in the ring the way they played off each other Towards the end, we kind of had like the the dramatics, you know, yeah. w- with with their breakup. Even though I guess you know the last one was in Ring of Honor, 
But um, no, yeah, I thought I, I thought I thought they had a great year. I thought, yeah, I I, I think they're my pick. The acclaim is probably a close second. Mm-hmm. This one's tough. Women's wrestler of the year is hard because I think Tony Storm is a really obvious candidate. Tony came in in March, right? So it's not too much missed time. But it's like it took her a while to get going, right? Like it took her a little bit there to get moving. The issue is a lot of the obvious candidates are there's there's like a missing piece. I think Tony's probably the right choice. Um, yeah, I agree. Jamie Hayter is – it feels like she's the right choice in the sense of like how much the year has meant to her. As a career, yeah, like how much her career has exploded, but work-wise, it's up hard. until, yeah, like towards the end of the year. I tend to agree. That was my instincts too. Tony was the one who worked most consistently, which, unfortunately, and this is the conversation that make you really realize like the where the division needs to move is like, unfortunately, most of the division has just not consistently got a chance to have good matches on TV. Like yeah. it's so start-stop, right? So that's saying that obviously needs to improve. Um, Tony Storm is the rightful winner there, and she did a hell of a job with interim belt, which now, thankfully, is counted in the uh, official lineage. All right, last one I'd like to get your guys' read on. Um, rivalry of the year for AEW's 2022. This one's really intriguing. I kind of think Max and Punk get it for the first, you know, the first leg of the year, but what else would you guys put forward? What do you think? I think that's more though. Hmm, interesting. Problem with Max and Wardlow is it was such a great story, but there's not there's not a match, right? There's yeah, not like a yeah. it was more just like a it that ruled. Kind of, that was kind of the the period on the end of the sentence, you know. Yeah, it ruled absolutely. But with because you get the two matches with Max and Punk, I think it's hard to beat. Oh, what yeah, are the yeah, other contenders really though? What are the, what are the other contenders? So I like Swerve and Agoria claimed as a shout. I like that. Um, Jericho and Kingston would have been it, but the blow off sucked. Very fair. Okay. That few was very strong for a while there. Um, it kind of bums me out how few contenders are off this one, I have to admit. Yeah. And I think part of it's because so many guys were sucked into that Blackpool Combat Club Jericho thing, right? Like, so many people were involved in that. That's the, I think that's the biggest problem with that, because I was trying mm-hmm. to think, I was like, Mox feuds, Brian feuds. I'm like, nope, it's all the same. Yeah. I, I, think, um, I think it's MJF Punk for me, but I think Swerve and Our Glory and the Acclaimed had some really fun segments, too. Sure. Yeah. Um, so I think that's close, but yeah, I think I'd go, I'd go Punk and um, Punk and MJF. I'm just saying that hopefully, um, you know, like when we do this in a year, hopefully that's saying that we can see more of like true personal conflicts and rivalries. You know, you don't want to do too much of them where it, where it kind of waters that down, where guys are really heated, and because you can overdo that. Like I, I think sometimes people want every match to have like a heated. In fact, that can kind of did my kind of muddy the waters in some way, but. I do think by the end of the year you should have more than they've had this year that really stand out, and that's that's you know something to look at kind of more broadly perhaps moving forward. But I uh, I hadn't thought about it before, but I mean yeah. if if brawl out doesn't happen, MJF Punk is probably like the runaway. Uh, yeah, because it would have had a whole other chapter to it. It's also worth knowing that Mox and Punk for what it was was pretty fucking good, right? Oh, I mean that, that's so true. Oh, I can't like when that when they first faced off. That was after yeah. the Jericho match, right? Oh man. And that all-out match and the squash match was spectacular. I mean, they were they were great. So that's a good one too. I think um I think uh going into the next year it's gonna be interesting how we look at Hangman mocks because a lot of the you know mm. good crux of it has been we've I think we've seen it a lot. So I don't know. It's gonna be it's gonna be fun to see how long that goes. Absolutely, I agree completely. Um, 
Dukes, how would you sum up AEW's 2022 in kind of a broad strokes way? Weird. Yeah. But fun. Mm-hmm. But fun, but not like um, didn't didn't hit his potential, I don't think. Yeah. It's it, this is going to be like this is such a cop out answer, but it's like what happens next year will very much decide how this year is seen in history. Because if they come back stronger than ever in the next coming months, because look, let's be fair, the last month they've been doing some great TV. Mm-hmm. But 2023 is their best year yet. You'll look at this as a necessary like fall to rebuild because maybe the punk stuff wasn't sustainable, whatever it may be. If next year the cracks widen, this will be seen as like a, yeah. a real important moment of promotion in a negative way. Chris, how would you kind of summarize 2022 for AEW? Yeah, I don't think it had the opportunity to reach its potential. I think there's a lot to be learned about it, though. Um, Mm -hmm. And I think, yeah, definitely next year is going to say a lot about how we view this year. I think we're still like it's it's hard to say now because I think we're still as good as the last month of TV has been. We're still kind of in that bounce back for sure. Kind of the low point um, where it was all messy and we didn't really know what was going on. I think they have I think they have rebounded very nicely so far. And seeing where we go in the next, I think, quarter of 2023 on, like once we, mm-hmm. now that we have MJF's, like, you know, his, his, um, his run kickstarting, it's going to be interesting to see how we look back on it. I do agree. It's definitely nice to say that they feel like they're in a nice, like they feel like they've got positive momentum going into the new year, you know, and they've got some new markets they're going to be hitting. As you said, they've got a new champ. There's always the roster is stacked. Like, Look, no matter who leaves, that roster is just loaded. Um, you're gonna have to lose a lot of fucking bodies for that roster not to be awesome. Like I, I try and stress this a lot because it's true. Um, so they feel like they're in a more positive place here moving forward. It'll be really interesting to see how they manage this long build to revolution. Still got a couple more months. Like it's gonna be fun. Um, I agree with this too. The women's division, while look, it's obviously not a complete mission by any means, is definitely the strongest it's been thus far in AW. Um Question, you're asked right now to pick someone to beat MJF. Who is it? Kingston. Hangman. Well, well, I, I think, think, I think Kingston right can beat him. I think I think that actually both answers are right because I think I King can beat him, then Max can get it back, and then Hangman's the one that... I think Eddie over the summer getting like a short one. Arthur Ashe. Um, that works. And I think Hangman, the only other name I would put forward that intrigues me is Darby. Factual. But I would pick I Hangman. But they're, they're, I think they're both right answers. Um, it will be. I hope the Eddie Kingston thing is not a thing that we've just invented in our heads, which I do worry sometimes. It has to happen. We booked. Yeah, it. We were booking yeah. it in the Discord last night. We picked out King's special music for that night and everything. He's gonna come out to Hail Mary. Um, oh. oh, hold on. That sounds like it's some good shit. All right, I like yeah. it. Absolutely not gonna happen, but fucking rules. No. I like it. Um, yeah, it'll be interesting. That would be one of the big stories of the year, right? So we have a lot of time to cover that. All right. There you go, folks. Fleet Week in the book. Books once again. Um, Chris, any final words, any plugs, any promotions, anything else to sign out on? Um, I guess follow me on Twitter if you want, my wrestling burner. Uh it's just keep watching the show again. It's very fun for us. We enjoy doing it. Um and yeah. Thanks guys. Thanks for watching. Um, Chris, do you have any com- comment on Jay Shell wishing Duke's? Oh, you see, day? hold on. I wanted to address this. Thank you for reminding me. Pop. Um, 
I, I want I, honestly, I want us to do a show with JHL because I think it'd be really fun at some point to get that done. Right. I did laugh a lot because I, I did I did interact with JHL a lot prior to her taking her hiatus. So um, you know, wow, it it it, it stung a little bit. It stung a little mm-hmm. bit. I will say, um, uh, especially being compared to Dukes was 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 a okay. tough one. It was a it was it, it hurt a little bit, but yeah, no, I love JHL. She's great. Absolutely, we we'll have to get her on here one day and show show Jay show the vibrator. There he is, folks. This is <laughs> Dukes. Any final words? Fuck you, Tope Suicida. That's a good one. That's very good. You can follow him at Dukes Grin, right on Twitter, sure. if you want to, um, or don't. Probably going to be off next week, basically it's Christmas Day. Yeah, probably. What do you want from us? You know what I mean, I think you can still see the young lions. They will be on the Christmas special. Hopefully, assuming the Tope Suicida shows up to work, that piece of shit. Um, I've heard that. Yeah, many people have been saying that. Um, we appreciate you guys. The support for this show has been great. I like. I've seen a lot of positive sentiment towards the vibrator and all that good stuff and all and all seriousness, um, which is all on these fellas here and Tope Suicida. But fuck him, so forget him. So on these fellas here, um, support them. Let them find their way in this deal because they're very, 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 very good already, and they're going to get a lot, lot better. Here's the deal, folks. We're washed, all right? The decor, we're fucking cooked, all right? I went to wrestling rehab in New York. I came back. I've had a couple of good shows. I know where I'm at in my career, you know? This is my king of television run. You know, is what I'm getting the last out of me. This is, this is the future of the platform. I know, right? Whatever you make of that, you will make of it. But at the end of the day, we're heading into 2023 with the young Lions ready to graduate, ready to get their own finishing moves and their own fucking ring attire and their own gimmicks. You know, Duke's going to be switchblade soon. It's going to be a bit uncomfortable, but you got to let him do that, okay? Let the young Lions grow. Let them let them find their place in this platform because they're already doing a pretty fucking good job, if you ask me. So, appreciate you, fellas. Uh, follow them both on the Twitter gimmick. Uh, show them some love to them. They're doing a good job. Don't be mean, unless it's funny, in which case be mean. That's it. That's good. Um, it's true. And we'll we'll see you again shortly. I'll be back on Tuesday for Green Grappler Goldberg episode uh, twelve bouts of Bill. Um, what's the grin equivalent of Burt Man walking away from a Derby? <laughs> so funny. Uh, <laughs> I don't know. But I'm going to think about it because it's pretty good Just shit. Playing a skip clip. <laughs> that's good. Very good. Um, yeah, I'm back Tuesday for 12 bouts of Bill, the Goldberg Green Grappler. Um, Wednesday, the Dynamite thing is, as usual. Dynamite Green Long, flagship. Probably nothing tomorrow. A um, little bit more quiet as of late. Lots of recording and shit going on for stuff that will be posted later. So bear with us. Let it play out. Uh, we appreciate you all tuning in. Um, keep grinning. All how. And enjoy this outro. <laughs>